Yeah. Yeah. It's going down. I'm yelling I haven't done this in a while. Let's turn that down. Let's turn that down. Yeah. You won't remember. Yeah. You won't forget. Intro music. You gotta have the pump up music. You gotta have you gotta get in the zone, you know? I wanna talk about timber! Yeah, get it, Pitbull. Alright, alright, alright. Go down, go down, go down. Um, hey, uh, good morning. My name is Jaron Jackson. I do love America. For me, it's always about the gospel of Jesus Christ, his death, his burial, his resurrection. Believe the gospel of salvation only through the blood of the Lamb. I'm in a good mood. I'm in a good mood because I was wrong. I was wrong and I realized it. For a long time, the people who have been watching this stream know that I was all about timber. I saw what was going on in government, 2020 election, stuff like that. And I was like, you know what? This can't last forever. It can't last forever. It's going to go down. And I thought, let me let me change my hats real fast. Let me let me switch my hats. Amen. There there's a better hat. Um I I forgot it was up there. I was trying to look for my hat. I forgot it was up there. I was wrong. I thought that timber was going to happen because when Trump had the guns, he was going to use them. And I was wrong because he didn't use them. Now, a lot of people, Q people, decodes, anons, all these other types of people, everyone's got their own, their own explanation, their own story for how things are going to happen. There are optimists and there are pessimists and there are all sorts of different kinds of perspectives. Let me just be very clear about mine. I believe Christ is king. God is sovereign, the Bible is true, and the gospel is the only way to salvation. Because of that, and because I believe that Jesus is zealous for his government to conquer all of creation, I believe that that happens when the church proclaims Christ and lives like him. When we walk by faith and not by sight. I believe America is going to endure. I believe that things are going to go well. Not because I'm some optimist, whatever. It's because I understand that Christians founded this nation on biblical ideas. And though they are imperfect and were imperfect, I believe that God honors and he blesses those who honor and follow him, who glorify him. And so I was wrong in the sense that timber was never going to happen. Obviously, this is hindsight. Timber wasn't going to happen with the government it's it's not going to be done by people inside of government that in, in my mind is is very clear i believe that god is in the season of destroying idols and so these idols falling down is absolutely going to happen absolutely going to happen how that looks like that's up to debate people can read the bible and they can think about revelation and they can think about prophecy and this and this is this is this and this is the antichrist and this is going to happen all I, I try not to get into that because I believe that Jesus wants to conquer the entire world with the gospel. He's king. He rose from the grave and he says, go teach them all to obey. Teach everybody to obey me. I don't think that the king would give a command he doesn't expect to be accomplished and he doesn't expect to be fulfilled. So that kind of put, that's, that puts my, that should, that should tell you where my mind is at on things. You can read prophecy and you can read revelation. You can read all these things to say these things. But like Jesus gave a command. And the Bible says that he expects it to be done. Hebrews 10, 13. The Bible ex says he expects it. He expects it to be done. So I think it'll happen. That's just my perspective. So with that, if I can get more specific, I believe that Christians in America are going to save the country because Christians in America will repent and in this case, that doesn't mean that we're not going to say Jesus more. It doesn't mean that we're not going to go to church harder or tithe more or do whatever. I think it means that we're going to be willing to put ourselves in positions of controversy and conflict by, by God's glory for his glory. We're going to be putting ourselves in positions we are, where we are willing to bring the truth in direct conflict with the idols of the day. And I believe the idols of the day are government. We're going to be unleashing something tomorrow. Operation Josiah, rightly named, I think, after 2 Kings chapter 22. Josiah took the, uh, took the throne when he was eight. He had a high priest say, hey, I found the Bible. 
Josiah read the Bible. The Bible told him to tear down all these idols, tear down all these Asherah poles, tear down and destroy all of these false gods. The very first thing Josiah did was rip his robes. When Josiah read the Bible, when he read the book of God, he realized he's wrong. He goes, I'm going to destroy everything. And he didn't ask for permission. He just destroyed, he's just started destroying idols. This is not advocating violence. Uh, and by the way, I hate the fact that we live in such a feminist culture where you have to say, I'm not advocating violence. As though, as soon as someone says an idea that is powerful and destructive against another idea, the political opponents are going to say, well, he's saying violence. <laughs> You're a moron if you think I'm advocating violence. I am a combat veteran with, you know, with nightmares and a penchant for anger. Don't you think I wouldn't have already done something by now if I was going to? Stop being stupid. Stop being a fool. But it's this notion that the gospel is going to destroy every idol against God. And, uh, you know, Paul writes in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're divine in power for the destroying of strongholds. We're going to tear down every lofty, prideful, idolatrous idea that has exalted itself against King Jesus. And I believe that government is one of the most dangerous, deceptive, destructive idols of our day. And I look by God's grace to destroy it. And if I can play any part to glorify him, to obey him, to advance his kingdom, pointing people to what is written and pointing people to what the law is, whether that's in the scripture or in the constitution. Now, the scripture is not the constitution. Don't hear me say that. Don't, don't conflate those ideas. But Christians walking by faith have given us and participated and contributed to the world that we have. And the world that we have has common law. We have a constitution. The constitution comes from the common law. It comes from those ideas. And whenever you learn that, it's going to be powerful. In fact, I would go ahead and encourage you to get your free $1 million common law seminar at commonlawpeople.com. Commonlawpeople.com. Go ahead and you know go there, enter email, boom. You get all sorts of free content. That is the beginning, I would argue, for right thinking in government. But I was wrong in the sense that the idols that are going to be destroyed, I was wrong in the sense that it's not going to be destroyed by actors in government. That's not going to happen. It's going to be destroyed by Christians. Christians, through a myriad of factors, praying, praying, fasting, obviously proclaiming the gospel, obviously loving uh, you know, the lost and bringing them the message of salvation. But I also think that Christians are going to be the champions of the common law. I think that Christians are going to be the uh, the flag bearers, the torch carriers for the truth. But to this, I want to point out the world that everyone else is seeing right now. Because the backdrop of the common law, teaching the constitution, pointing to what the law is, not paying attention to what the law school folks say, but looking at what is actually written, is going to be a very powerful thing. It is a powerful thing because it's true. But we also have a really horrible society. Our society sucks. It sucks so bad. I just want to. I, I just want to play. Excuse me. I just want to show a couple different things. Here is what people are seeing as they're watching their sporting events, as they're watching their announcers. This guy's name is Shaka Hislop. It's soccer. It's Britain. But go ahead. He's on the naughty set from PSG. He's not gone on the tour of Japan. Shaka. The jab, uh, the bioweapon, the, the shot, the whatever you want to call it, it's evil, it's deceptive, it's dangerous, don't take it. That's not misinformation. That's absolutely my advice, my opinion. No, it's not medical advice. It's trust advice. Don't trust it. I don't trust it. You can take it if you want. I would not. I would not. But this is what people are seeing. People are seeing more and more people just randomly falling down. That's not normal. This is not normal behavior. Society is progress, progressing and accelerating so fast that there are so many things that are not normal that are happening that people are just kind of going, what is going on? What is going on? I believe most people right now are in a position psychologically where they're seeing things that are going, I don't know what to do. I just don't want to stand out because I don't want to get in trouble. And that brings me to my first point. My first point is very simple. And that is that society's collapse makes Christians standing for, firm 
that much more obvious. In a society full of people that are collapsing on air, or that are just like dying suddenly, or like what what's his face, the guy that you know dances around like Satan at shows with little kids, the the the, the pelvic thrusting perverts. These people are so not normal. The fact that they're now kind of out there, most people don't agree with it. They don't want it. They don't support it, but they don't know what to do about it. And because they don't know what to do about it, they're just kind of sitting around here going, what's next? What's next? What's next? What do we do? What do we do? What do we do? And I believe that in the back of the minds of most people who are political conservatives and specifically Christians, theological Christians, most of them are sitting there going, we don't know what to do about this. We have been robbed by from our we have been robbed with the knowledge of what to do in the law, what to do morally about this. Now, obviously, you would proclaim, put yourself in the position of controversy if the spirit stirs you. I'm not saying that you need to go, you know, read any other book except for the Bible to follow Christ. But if there's a stirring of the spirit in you and you are in Christ, obey. Do not stifle the spirit. But this societal collapse. We see it on television. We also see it on the average streets of New York City, like this. Lawlessness, violence, absurdity, weirdness. World is a weird place. And so I think that there is, I think that God is intensifying the heat. And if you are in Christ, the intensified heat is the refiner's fire. Malachi 3, he's trying to see his reflection in the silver. He's burning away the bad stuff to make you look more like him. And so if you feel the pain now, you will either A, get closer to him, or B, burn more and recognize, well, this is just really bad. I don't know what to do. I think that this is where people are at. And I, I realized at the very beginning, whenever I was talking Timber, and we did the Kesha song, and we did all the things, Timber, I always pointed to just the tree falling. But Timber isn't the tree falling. Timber is the wood that's been made after the tree has fallen. In other words, you have something that was alive and is now dead, and now you take the thing, the dead tree, the collapsed tree, the, the felled tree, and you chop it up for Timber to be useful. In other words, if society is falling over, we're going to chop it up and make useful what opportunities we have to build something better that will out, that will outlast what has already fallen. I believe that what has fallen are these idols. They will fall if they haven't already, but the point is that you've got this perspective where people put their faith in government, in politicians, in institutions, in the dollar, they put their faith in social security. They put their faith in retirement mechanisms. They put their faith in their reputation. They put their faith in things that are not true. They put their faith in things that are worldly. And I believe very first, the judgment comes first to the house of God. I believe that Christians are recognizing, I don't need my reputation. I don't need my 401k. I don't need my social security. I don't believe in government anymore. I believe that conservatives, the Republican party, they're all worthless. These pundits, these politicians, these influencers, all of these people are full of crap because none of them are speaking to the issues. None of them are bringing the gospel in a way that actually engages my spirit to where I'm led in a way that I'm honoring God. Where are the leaders? And I think that the first step is that God is just burning them all off. He's just destroying idols left and right. Now, there are obviously good men and women, good qualified men leading the church, preaching faithful messages. I don't want to try to detract from them, and I'm certainly not trying to position myself as the only guy that knows stuff and is true. That's absolutely not what I'm doing. What I'm saying is that right now you have a moment where the church is having everything burnt off and seeking those who talk about true things. Not sensational things. Not even political things. Did you see the radical left? I think that that's... Uh, people that are still saying the radical left are just... They're, they're, they're not... I don't think that they're, they understand what's going on. I think that they're still part of the contrived Hegelian dialectic and they're not looking to Jesus. They may say they do. They may be in Christ. But if they're not actually like bringing legitimate, what I would call legitimate, and that's biased too, but the radical, come on, guys, come on. 
I'm a conservative. What do we conserve? We got sodomites in the Republican Party. You got you got people that that are men dressed as women on the conservative media shows. I'm not saying what, what does conservatism conserve? But I think the more that society collapses, the easier it's going to be to see Christians stand. I think it'll be easier. I think you, I mean, obviously at this point, you're not stupid. You're seeing this in Hollywood. This is, uh, I think that this, this is the girl, this is the woman who plays Snow White. This movie's going to flop. But I mean, just this is an example of peak feminism gone rampant. And, and, you know, even the most ardent pro-female empowerment woman, she's going to hear this and be like, this is cringe. Watch this. You said you were bringing a modern edge to it on stage. What do you mean by that? I just mean that it's no longer 1937. And we absolutely wrote a Snow White that she's is... not going to be yeah, saved by the prince. She's not going to be saved by the prince. And she's not going to be dreaming about true love. She's dreaming about becoming the leader she knows she can be. And the leader that her late father told her that she could be if she was fearless, fair, brave, and true. And so it's just a really incredible story for, I think, young people everywhere to see themselves in. Snow White is running for president. <laughs> I'm launching my campaign. Yeah. Cringe. Fearless, brave, and true. Fearless, brave, and true. What was it? Fe fear this is peak feminism. This is weakness. It's this idea, well, it's no longer 1937, ostensibly when the story was first written. Now you can get into Disney, the brainwashing, the the false hopes, the idolatrous notion of there's going to be a savior that's not Jesus swooping in and saving the day. So all of those notions I disagree with, the Freemasonry background of Disney and all that kind of stuff. Amen. God bless. You know, let's let's correct that. But this is a, a an actress. The only reason there's a microphone in her face is because she's playing a part of a story someone else wrote. And now because they've changed it, she now gets to manifest the changing of the story. The only reason the story exists is because people didn't think like her. It's not going to succeed. It's going to fail. And when it fails, there won't be the type of humility that looks inward and says, well, what did we do wrong? There won't be the uh, recognition that because they made a mistake by jumping the shark and thinking that everybody, to include women, want to believe this garbage that women are all leaders and they don't need men. This competitive gender thing. Most people don't believe that. Most people know that that's just stupid. And I believe most people at this point are just sitting there going, can we just talk about something else? I can't make my car payment. I'm having trouble with my mortgage. My, my parents hate me. My kids, if I haven't butchered them in the womb, are over here being perverted by, kid, by, by dudes that should be sex offenders, if not millstoned, but now are openly going against my kids. And I don't know what to do because all of society seems like it's godless and it's horrible and evil. I believe that that's where most people are. I believe most people recognize that stuff sucks and they're sitting here going, what is going on? They don't know what to do about it. But yet here you have some entitled feminist saying, no, it's a modern version of Snow White. She can be a leader, brave, bold, true, and something else. The takeaway is that this is such a glorious time to just stand on truth. Just preach the Bible. Just point to Jesus. And I would, I would say, understand what the basics are. As we do this, as this continues to go on, we're getting stories. We're getting stories like this. This is a headline. This is Law and Crime, a Dan Abrams production. This is a man allegedly shot and killed his pregnant boyfriend, then himself in murder-suicide. This is the type of news that we... This is news. These are headlines. My point here, folks, is that the world is so chaotic. The world is so chaotic that just saying the truth is one of the most powerful things that you can do. And it's it's to the point where it's not hard. Like the obviousness is boys can't be pregnant. Men can't have babies in their bellies. Not naturally. So you look at this and you say that there's already an, a, a, a self-evident lie. Just tell the truth, men can't get pregnant. It is that simple. That's because that's what the Bible says. That's because that's what's my faith. It's true. And because you live in a world, we live in a world that is so chaotic and society is so godless that it is falling. It's now about how are you going to respond? What are you going to do about that? 
And I, for one, don't want to just be on the bandwagon of saying this is bad and this is bad and this is bad and this is these are bad people and this is bad stuff and this is I I I get that. Heaven knows I have anger, and that I I absolutely want to just shred people, metaphorically speaking, just ridicule and insult and just say that they're horrible. I do that from time to time, clearly, but I don't want to just do that all the time. In fact, there's other articles out there from the New York Times Magazine that says, don't play with your kids. Seriously. This guy goes on to say, I have three kids under 10 who don't expect or even want to play with me. It took some practice, but over time, we've all learned we're better off doing our own thing. Shows a kid in a sand pit playing. Now, listen, folks, I mean, I'm fine with my kids playing outside and running around and being in their own selves. Uh, my kids have what they call mind adventures, where they just, like, play in their head and they think about things, they fight dragons, and they do stuff. Part of that's natural. I mean, there's much of that that's natural. But for a father, for a parent, to say, don't play with your kids, you're just a moron. You're just stupid. You're breaking a generational opportunity to build a kingdom, build a bloodline, build a nation that glorifies God... By instilling discipline, values, reinforcing things that are good and true. I believe that parents need to look at themselves as the patriarch, matriarch of, of a of, of a multi-generational bloodline, of a nation. And I'm I'm starting to get to the part whenever I read scripture and it says that all the nations worship Jesus, that the, the nations come to him and worship him in Revelation 21, 24, I'm getting to the point where I don't see those nations as America or Italy or Germany or Egypt or whatever. I see those nations as bloodline, 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 bloodline. I see those nations as a people in a place with a purpose. And the people are going to be starting with a marriage, one man, one woman, as God wanted it to be, having kids, and then generationally, uh, you know, homeschooling, uh, creating express private trusts in the common law, because we're going to get to that as how the government can't touch that way to to transfer wealth generationally, which is what Proverbs says, uh, you know, a, a man is to leave wealth for his children's children. When we understand the common law, when we understand the constitution, when we understand by right we have the power to do things, and that that's the wisdom our founders had because they read the Bible, they believed the Bible, they believed Jesus, and they enshrined it as the law of the land in our constitutions. When we understand that, we start to recognize that the idols that are in charge today are only that way because people have a false notion of what government is. Government just means to steer the ship, to steer the ship of your mind. And so your mind is being steered by wrong stories. The timber that's being made from what is collapsing is the fact that the stories that are old, they're chaotic, they're evil, they're not based on the word, they're starting to fall. And as they fall, you take those tree trunks, you chop them up, and you use them to God's glory. You take what is falling and the opportunity of what's falling to build something better. And that's where we are right now. We have a forest of falling idols all over the place. People are distrusting the 501c3 church. People are distrusting their news sources. People are distrusting the police because of COVID lockdowns. Politicians because of fecklessness. Republican Party because of brand disloyalty. We're the party of the family, but here's a dude that thinks he's a girl now on a national syndicate talking about how conservatism is free market capitalism. We have people that are taking political donations, uh, signing uh, anti-free speech bills in foreign nations to then turn around and use the power of the American state against the American people that want to express free speech. Like these ideas are so fundamentally anathema to the way that America is instituted, to the truth that I think that people are in a target-rich environment of dying and being destroyed idols. That's all they see. All they see everywhere they go is just, that's horrible and it's falling. This is horrible and it's falling. I used to trust this. I don't trust this anymore. I'm looking for something to trust. I'm looking for someone to trust. And that is where we get to the Bible. If you're not reading your Bible, then you're not hearing from God. If you don't believe the gospel, then you are not in Christ. And that is the most simple, powerful message everybody needs to hear. 
this this uh, live stream, this podcast, this whatever you want to call it, I started getting 500,000 views a day because I brought a military perspective to analyze the elections and Trump's response after the 2020 election. My views were in the tens and hundreds of thousands daily. Now, because of social media, because of shadow banning, but I would argue, most importantly, because my message is honed on the gospel. I do not care about politics. Because politics, as it's currently arrayed, is on a presupposed system where the people don't have the power, where government is this behemoth, it's this leviathan, it's an unstoppable force, and the people are relegated to not being the power or the sovereigns as they're supposed to be in a popular sovereignty system, but the people are over there on the sidelines with their hat in hand like Oliver Twist going, please, sir, would you please grant us a petition and grant us our rights? May we please have 40% of our paycheck so we can live to the next paycheck to buy this fake food from this globalist-owned corporation that's full of a bunch of crap like particles and chemicals and, and plastic instead of living local, getting from the land that God made the way that he designed it with a local food supply with people whose hands are in the dirt and they're dependent on him and the rain and the seasons, as the Bible talks about, for his provision. I think people are in a time of great searching of truth. And I believe that this is the time to make timber. This is the time to take the things that are dying or dead or are fallen and make them serve a better purpose. I believe that that purpose should exclusively be the gospel of Jesus Christ. My foxhole is this. My foxhole is to get people into common law. My foxhole is to get people to read the law of the land and understand their power and how to assert rights politically. Because when they do that, they will understand that that exclusively comes from King Jesus. And when they understand that they only get this from King Jesus, then they will live as though the king is sovereign and he deserves glory. And they'll talk about it. And they'll live like it. And they will be willing to put their neck in a noose. They will be willing to be shot for their beliefs. They will be willing to be fanatics despite the destruction of their reputation. Because whenever you get to that position, the world, even if they come after you, the world loses. And if they don't come after you, the world loses. We are not here for a compromise. Christians are here for conquest. And this is the opportunity that we have to take the things that are falling and dying and are dead, where society is distrusting them, and we have the opportunity to carve them up into useful bits to make something and build something to honor our king. And I'm looking forward to it. So, grab an axe. Let's get to chopping. Hey, I saw this the other the other day. This is a food pyramid, a world economic food pyramid, where at the base you've got microplastic seed oils, bugs, soy milk, and antidepressants. We'll look past the fact that it's a pyramid for those Freemason-minded people, and we'll just look at the fact that the story that Americans have been told for so long is that you have to have certain groups and all this kind of stuff, but if you've got your head out of the sand in any capacity, you know that the food supply is important. I want to talk to you about the opportunity of PatriotSwitch.com slash Jaren. PatriotSwitch.com slash Jaren. Patriot Switch is a private association that has paired up with River Bend Ranch. River Bend Ranch is no vaccine, no additives, no garbage World Economic Forum stuff. It competes with other entities and other corporations that deliver beef to your door, except for that River Bend Ranch is American, it's not woke, it's not owned by godless commies, and it is price competitive. You've got different types of options. You've got the ribeye bundle right there. You've got the, as I do this, the smoker's bundle. I want that. You've got the filet and sirloin bundle. I think that looks good too. This is all good as a guy on carnivore diet. And then the New York strip bundle. My point, folks, bringing up is the idea that our food supply is something that most people in the globalist initiatives absolutely want to destroy. They do that because if they can pump your food full of crap, not only can they control all of the profits and price farmers and ranchers and producers out of their land like America is supposed to and traditionally has been, but then they control food supply and they do all sorts of stuff. So don't get beef full of 
garbage or vaccine or any of that stuff, go to patriotswitch.com slash Jaren, patriotswitch.com slash Jaren, myself or somebody else that's with me will call you. And the reason why this is important, the reason why this is important at patriotswitch.com slash Jaren is that this is a new way, a different way, an American way of having relationships with people that produce your food or produce products. This is the way that it used to be before the Federal Reserve. This is the way that it used to be before globalist companies. This is the way that it used to be when American manufacturing was American manufacturing. So when people get these conversations and they say, well, well I want more information. Well, the information is me welcoming you to this. This is the way business used to be done. This is the way friendships and relationships used to be done in the private. There's more to learn about this at the Common Law Seminar, public versus private. But a lot of people don't like the way that this is done because they've been trained by Amazon. They've been trained by Walmart. They've been trained to just go with what's easiest. And sometimes making the right decision, making the American decision, is getting you into a position of discomfort. It doesn't mean it's wrong. It doesn't even mean it's bad. In fact, a lot of these places, uh, a lot of these, uh, these products are price competitive. It's the fact that it's just done different, which I don't think is wrong at all www.patriotsupply, excuse me, patriotswitch.com slash Jaren, patriotswitch.com slash Jaren, amen. More and more Britons, British people, that is, for those people in, uh, from Harvard, are turning into Muslims. They're starting to believe Islam. I want to play a video for you, and I want to analyze this. So go right ahead. Go ahead. Ashhadu I testify. I testify. There is none worthy of worship. There is none worthy of worship besides Allah. Besides Allah. And I testify. And I testify that Muhammad. That Muhammad. Peace be upon him. Peace be upon him. Is his servant. Is uh, that's false. That's garbage. Uh, everyone in that video is going to go to hell unless they repent and believe the gospel. Uh, obviously, I'm biased and I know the truth because I read the Bible. More and more Britons are becoming Muslim because of mass migration. But I want to get into something underneath that. Because even if where I live is full of Muslims and I'm the only Christian, as it was the case whenever I was in Afghanistan... 99.999% of people are Muslims and I was a Christian. Even if I'm outnumbered by everyone who else is not a Christian and I'm the only one, I'm not going to go away from Christ because he's king. I believe uh, I believe the gospel and that's true. I'm not going to not believe the truth just because I'm surrounded by a bunch of liars. But there's something I believe more um, psychologically impactful going on here. It's not just the fact that most Britons are becoming Muslim, and you could argue it's because of mass migration. It's because the way that Christianity has been portrayed, and I haven't been in Britain, but the way that Christianity has been portrayed, modern Christianity has been anemic. It's been anemic. And it's because I believe that men fundamentally have been robbed of their desire and their mission, their God-given mission to war and to fight. When God made Adam and Eve, he said, be fruitful and multiply. Adam was a gardener. Got to get in that dirt. Got to destroy the way that the earth is done. You got to manipulate it. You got to work it. You got to break rocks. You got to grow. You got to depend on God. You got to wait on the seasons. You got to do these things. We were made to fight and we were made for war. Because men were made to fight and we were made for war, the issue is when we are our king, we are in sin and in our sin goes to idolatry and goes to all these other things like false religions like Islam. But when we serve the king, Jesus Christ, now we war and we fight for him. No less zealous, no less fanatical, no less violent from a cosmic spiritual perspective. But we orient all of our faculties. Our entire constitution is for Christ. I argue modern Christianity doesn't do that. 
And that's because we preach a bloodless gospel that doesn't speak about the evils of sin and eternal hellfire. We don't speak about the exclusive truth claim that only Christ is the way to salvation, that you must repent of your sin and believe to him as his blood washes away your sin. Because we don't preach that message and stand on that message and advance that message, men have gone all over the world in all sorts of different ways fighting wars, not for Christ, but for themselves. And this is a result of that. You let in a bunch of people who don't know Jesus, and what do they do? They preach, not Jesus. And because you get preached, not Jesus, what do you do? You start turning to not Jesus. Your youth will grow up preaching and proclaiming the Shahada, testifying Allah and his prophet, garbage, all of it, but they'll be doing that because they don't hear the truth, they don't see the truth, they don't know the truth. Jesus says, Abide in my word and you shall be my disciples, and you will and you will know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Pray for Britain, pray for America, stop mass migration, first of all, and then preach the gospel. Amen. Glenn Beck went on Newsmax, I think it was the other day, with uh, Eric Bowling, both two former Fox News personalities, and Glenn Beck was speaking about Fox and how Fox News, after Roger Ailes, is allegedly supporting the Satanic Temple, Planned Parenthood, and other leftist ideas. Go ahead, Glenn. It doesn't bring me joy to talk about this, because, I mean, Fox played a big role in both of our careers, and it wasn't like this when Roger Ailes was alive. Say what you want about Roger Ailes, but he knew the American heartland and he cared. Um, they have gone full on woke. Uh, this comes from three different sources inside. They are wildly concerned about this. Uh, this goes on top of all of their woke new policies, but this is matching money for the satanic temple it's matching money for Planned Parenthood or the Southern Poverty Law Center. There is no excuse for this. Uh, as Fox News viewers, um, you know, if you, if you are frequenting Fox News or part of their uh, club, I'm not talking about the people on the air, but the people who are now running it are not the friends of our Constitution and our God, I believe. Yeah, uh, he makes um, good points. I want to draw a very specific distinction. Uh, I do not know Glenn Beck. Um, I think that he has a lot of good ideas. I think that he's a Mormon, and Mormons have a different Jesus. So I would ask Glenn, what do you mean by our God, and who is Jesus? Is Jesus the brother of Lucifer? Because Mormons believe Jesus is the brother of Lucifer, which is not the Christ of the Bible, by the way. But I think that Glenn Beck makes good points in the sense that people many conservatives have looked to Fox News as the conservative alternative. And my point for bringing this up is not to chastise Glenn Beck, though I'd love to talk to him about Jesus, to anybody about Jesus. It's the idea that because people have heard the voice of Fox News, they've become sheep to Fox. You've heard that notion that you're just sheeple, and most people use it as an insult. Well, that's what Jesus refers to his church as, his followers as. So I don't take it as an insult because my ears are attuned to the shepherd. If a, sheep, if a sheep hears a voice that's not the shepherd, the sheep don't move. So in that regard, the sheep is admirable because the sheep ain't going to follow anybody. The sheep is going to follow the voice of the shepherd, which is why it's important that your heart is for Christ. Because if that's the case, when you hear him talk, whenever you hear his word or his wisdom through his people, you're going to be like, that dude knows the Lord. I'm going to listen. I'm going to have discernment to hear what he says because I know the scripture and I know his voice. What Beck is doing here is he's speaking to this notion that so many people have been convinced that Fox News is the truth. That now that Fox News is kind of airing its dirty laundry, giving to Planned Parenthood, matching contributions to the Satanic Temple and the like, there will be this incongruence, this cognitive dissonance with its millions and millions of audience as they realize, well, Fox News isn't really, Fox News isn't really politically conservative anymore. And this is my part about making timber, how Christians save America while evil self-destruct. Fox News is an idol. It's a news source with a bias. Everybody has a bias. Everybody has a bias. I have a bias. 
you have a bias. Every news source you have has a bias. It's important to understand, investigate, and validate those biases with Scripture. If we don't, like Beck is pointing to, people will fall susceptible to voices and perspectives to bias that aren't grounded in truth. And so they will be led astray. And so here's the kicker. If you are watching Fox News and you buy their products and they get the money from the advertisers, all that kind of stuff, you're effectively funding this behind-the-scenes scheme to redirect wealth or at least support monetarily Satanic Temple, Planned Parenthood, all these other things. I encourage you to live local. This is why we did the Live Local Field Manual. The link is in the description below. Those audits in part one speak about how to get all your money on board and to use your money as bullets. Your dollars are bullets. Your prayers are nukes. It was a step-by-step -step action plan. Again, this is the Live Local Field Manual. Link is in the description. But the whole point was to get people to think about where they influence the world, specifically in ways that they don't think about. In this case, just by watching a news source that's not tied to the scriptures, that doesn't bend everything back to Jesus, how many people are watching Fox News who knew that advertiser dollars, all this other kind of stuff was going to Satanic Temple, all this other stuff? This is where it matters to have discernment. Now, ultimately, I want to address one of the elephants in the room, if I can. And this is the idea that you're never going to be perfect because we deal with imperfect people. I am a sinner. I'm a sinner. And so because I'm not perfect, there's things that I've made mistakes on. There's things that I will make mistakes on. And so people need to give grace. And so if Fox News reports on something, it's not about, well, they just gave money to Satanic Temple, so they're wrong. Well, maybe, but maybe not. And this is the type of nuance. This is the type of grace, the case-by-case -case system. By the which way, common law is case-by-case. -case. One of the easiest ways to recognize common law is to do the who, what, when, where, why, how of each case. You don't just kind of say, well, this is a uh, fraud case, so all fraud goes under these case laws. No, 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 no. It might be fraud, but you look at the who, what, when, where, how, how for each single situation because we're going to treat people lovingly because they're made in God's image. The reason why we're not just going to slap on a label and put them on a different class of cases and put it under case law or subject matters is because that's not how we want to be treated. We want to be treated as image bearers of God, made in his image to be loved and respected. And so I'm not just going to say that you did something and slap onto that, okay, this is the, this subject matter, here's all the statutes. That's just one very real application of this. But as Beck is pointing out here, Fox News is not what it presents itself as, which is why I'm less interested in, in scratching the surface and pulling behind the curtain to see what people really think. And instead, I'm more interested in, I'm going to be shameless with the gospel. I'm going to be deliberate about Jesus. I'm going to be very specific about what the common law is. I'm going to be very bold in my faith because I can't really know the inner crevices of your heart. I can't really know the nuances of the deep recesses of your secrets. Some people are easier to, read, easier to read than others, but my job, my duty, my mission is not to figure out all the little uh, evil stuff. It's just to you know, be a blunt force trauma for the Lord, advance the gospel, and, and uh, you know, be the sower of the seed. Be, sow the seed. Sow the seed. I want to play this video of President Trump on trafficking. He's one of the few candidates speaking about it. It's a critical issue. Commentary follows. We will fully secure the border. I will wage war on the cartels, just as I destroyed the ISIS caliphate, 100% gone, 100% destroyed. They'll come back now because we have a weak administration. I will use Title 42 to end the child trafficking crisis by returning all trafficked children to their families in their home countries and without delay. And I will urge Congress to ensure that anyone caught trafficking children across our border receives the death penalty immediately. And that includes also for women, because women, as you know, are number one in trafficking. Children are actually number two. I want to thank Eduardo, Jim, Tim Ballard, and everyone else. In 
So that's President Trump endorsing the movie Sound of Freedom. Uh, it's one of the highest grossing movies here recently in America. Uh, I watched it on Saturday, and there were still a lot of people in the theater. I thought it would be less occupied, but there's a lot of people there. It's a powerful movie. speaks to child sex trafficking, human trafficking, which is evil. Um, it's one of these topics that there's not much evidence for because it's so nefarious and not spoken about. And so I appreciate President Trump pointing attention to it because in this case, I, I believe it's good to point out evils as long as the evil is bent back to Jesus. I'm not against people pointing out what's wrong. I don't like how people have made an industry and careers of only pointing out wrong but never pointing people to the solution. It's like, did you know that this is really, really horrible? Get people riled up. And then what? To do what? So what are you going to do about it? So in this case, President Trump speaking about the issue is good. Him tying it to a solution is awesome. But I want to underscore a couple things. One, I don't like Title 42. That's a statutory permission. We don't like that. We want to get into the common law. With that, pointing out trafficking, modern slavery, those types of things. I believe that people are motivated to do good and moral things when it's clearly articulated. I never saw uh, slavery, chattel sl I've never seen chattel slavery, but I would imagine being in Christ when you see that, you have to be moved by it, which is why the abolitionists were Christians. This is why I believe that most people pushing uh, against the child trafficking and the human trafficking today are Christians. People who look to Jesus recognize the immorality, the evils of the day, and they're willing to go against the power structures to say it. So I appreciate President Trump in that regard. Obviously, I've, I uh, support him for president. I'm biased in that regard. I support Trump politically. Uh, there's people that will still say, well, you're more like DeSantis or, you know, those, it's just, I'm biased for Trump, folks. He's a symbol at this point. At this point, it's not him. It's the fact that he was the first guy, in my view, my opinion, that came up and stood for the common man in a way that the system hates him for it, and he, he didn't have to do it. That goes a long way in my book, especially because most people running for office do so to benefit themselves. Trump was one of the very first people, if not one of the first, if the first in my lifetime, who whenever he ran for office, his life got worse. That's, that, that's critical in my view. Because you can say you can do the super secret scheming things. But that guy's life is a lot worse than what it was when he first joined. And that matters. And that, that's, that matters in my opinion. It matters because that's talking about sacrificing. It's getting to the point of sacrifice. Um, so I appreciate that. So thank you, President Trump, pointing out this, the uh, human trafficking element. It's evil. We need to get rid of it. Keep pushing that message. Uh, I would encourage you to go watch The Sound of Freedom. Um, it is not a comfortable movie. But I think that if uh, you struggle with the idea of, okay, well, I don't really know anything about trafficking. People always say trafficking. I don't really understand it. This will go put a face on it. This will go put like specific tactics and techniques and nuances to it in a way that will tell a story and localize it to one person. And I think that makes it matter more. I want to talk here about this meme, Decoding the Obvious. This right here I got from a channel that talks about Bitcoin all the time. And it's decoding. And it's Anakin uh, Skywalker from what was that? The second Star Wars or the third episode two or three something like that one of the stupid new ones but here it's talking about they still don't get kafefi it's why the bitcoin's key kafefi and it goes all these numbers satoshi and trump and all this stuff i'm not a numerologist so i look at this stuff and i just i don't it doesn't motivate me it doesn't motivate me it doesn't get to things what it does in my opinion is all of that could be completely true and factual i am not arguing that but numerology is something that doesn't motivate me because it's a lesser form of truth. It's a lesser form of evidence. I don't doubt that God uses numbers. I don't doubt that scripture isn't full of instances where numbers mean things and God does stuff. No doubt in my mind at all. But whenever you're going to say that this guy was born on this date and this other guy was also born on the same date or that they're inverse of the dates and all that kind of stuff and you're going to say, well, that's just too much of a coincidence. 
I don't know what the mathematical principle is or the psychological aspect is. I don't know what the, the academic word is. But you are observing those things. It's like Schrodinger's cat. Is it dead or alive? You don't know until you observe. But whenever you observe, you're, you're introducing your bias, the observer's bias, into the phenomena. And so, you know, Satoshi's birthday, the guy that came up with uh, Bitcoin, was on a certain day. Well, that is the transposed digits of this. And so how do you know that that's not all like a one big elaborate plan? The way that I think about this, and the reason why I bring this up, is because it speaks to omniscience. It speaks to knowledge. When someone's pointing out the numerals, the numbers, the numerology, this things like this, they're begging the question, the subtext of their observation is that there is a grand overarching design and that grand overarching design is discoverable through its numerology. And people have fallen prey to this because at that point, if you've given your bias to that architecture, well, then all I got to do is start pointing to you observable phenomena according to numbers. And now I can manipulate you with numbers. So if you've given your bias to an architecture and a design, a grand scheme with that of using numbers, well, then all I got to do is figure out what you care about, get some numbers and uh, you know uh, observe their pattern and without ever speaking the pattern i can just present to you the observable phenomena that because i know that you care about that issue in this case money because you care about that issue i'll just present you these phenomena and because your brain will pick up the pattern if you've given your knowledge foundation to a grand design using numerology then what you've just done is you've created the opportunity for you to believe something that is nothing more than observable phenomena presented to you in a manipulated way so that you believe it. So that you believe a story that you've created in your own head. And without ever giving specific evidence, all I've done is present you stuff that's factually true. And because your bias wants to affirm the numerology and the links, you will affirm those links and because you affirm those links because of your bias, you're no longer pursuing truth. You're affirming your bias with observable things that were done in a way that would get you to confirm the thing that you wanted. To the counter, I look to scripture. Scripture is God revealed. It's revealed by the Holy Spirit through the human authors over time, different continents, different geography, different cultures, different time periods. And it's one consistent story. It's God's message. It's God's word to reconcile all of creation to himself. And that message, the central figure in that message is Christ. History literally hinges on the cross. Before Jesus died on the cross, the mechanism of salvation was you got you to gotta obey all these laws. And because no one could perfectly obey all those laws... There was no mechanism for salvation. It was by faith. Abraham believed and his faith was credited to him as righteousness. Genesis 15 verse 4. So it's always been about faith. But before Jesus, you had to kind of do all the things that you thought you needed to do. And oh man, I, I, I fell short. After Jesus, Jesus dies on the cross. Now he's the testator. Now his will and testimony is what we follow. And because Jesus' will and testimony was his earthly ministry, where he's saying, believe on me and you shall have everlasting life. I, I am giving you living waters. Follow me. Pick up your cross and follow me. Believe in me. Because that was his will and testimony. When he dies, it goes into action. And now that he physically rose from the grave, it proves that everything he said was true. So the gospel, the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, as revealed in scripture is the salvation message. And my bias is that God, Almighty God who created all things, chose to give us a book, which at the time, book, you know, a, a written book, a Bible, that's all it means, book. Books were advanced technology for the time when Christians invented it. Uh, the book is a Christian idea. Before Christians, you had scrolls. After Christian, or you know, now that Christians are here, Christians are like, we got to have God's word and we got to put it together we, because we have to read and understand what he says. Why? Because that's what the Messiah said. 
The Messiah said we got to know what God says. And in order to know what God says, here's all the stuff he does. Let's put it all together. Instead of having scrolls, let's put it all together. And that's what they did. So a book is Christian technology, which when they invented it right after Jesus was advanced technology for the day, which is why it was so precious and so costly and people died for it. And whenever Roman Caesars tried to stamp out the church, they would go against the Christian pastors. And one of the first questions they would ask is, where's the Bible? Because they would destroy the Bible. So they took those manuscripts and they ripped all the books apart and they distributed them all over the place. Which is why we have copies of copies of copies of copies of the manuscripts in the Bible. The greatest sourced authenticated work of antiquity is the Bible, hands down. And that's because the persecution of the church distributed those manuscripts and the people who followed Jesus, who understood the value of the Bible, held on to them more so than they held on to their own life. They would die instead of tell people where the book of Zephaniah was or the book of First Corinthians. And that's because they recognized when they had God's word, that was more important to them than their own life. Well, you take this. Now you go a thousand, couple thousand years to today, and now we've got the internet, we've got artificial intelligence, we've got all sorts of stuff, and now the Bible is so old technology that it's humble technology. So in the very beginning, whenever people were dying to, to safeguard a scrap of paper, today we've got the Bible in spades. I've got a Bible here, I've got a Bible there. I've got Bibles all over the place, God bless. It's humble technology today. And so now you've got all this technology, all this information at your fingertips. And God's word is still in a book. And this is humble. This is old technology now. And in order to believe it, you've got to humble yourself to say that this is God in his wisdom giving me his words in a way that forces me to recognize he is God and I am not. It's also, I would argue... One of the objectives of artificial intelligence, the globalist, the godless commies, whatever, to destroy, defeat the, the gospel, to defeat the, the Bible, to have artificial intelligence reinterpret it, to have artificial intelligence write it better. Don't doubt me. They're attacking the authority of scripture. And whenever you do that, you're flipping God the bird. You are an idolater. You're, you're worshiping Satan whenever you discredit this. Satan's oldest trick in the book, literally, is to get people to doubt what God says. So here you have a, a, a Bible, a book, which is humble technology today that requires you to be a humble heart posture to hear what God says. And if you don't, you don't know who he is. I think it's a beautiful story. I think the understanding of how we got scripture is powerful. But the most important thing, and this is what the Bible points to, to make it to give us knowledge into salvation, is the gospel of Jesus Christ. You need to believe the gospel. If you don't believe the gospel, you're going to go to hell. You're not going to get God's wisdom. You're not going to get his blessing. You're not going to walk with Jesus. You're not going to know him. And if you don't know him, when eternity comes, you will stand before your king. You will bow. You will confess his lordship. And then you will be punished for all of your sins. I do not want that for you. I do not want that for anybody. Even if I don't like people. There's plenty of people I don't like. But I love them. And I want them to go to heaven. So I want them to know and believe the gospel. Believe the gospel, my friends. The best way that you can help me, thanks for watching, is to go to patriotswitch.com slash Jaren. Patriotswitch.com slash Jaren. 100% American manufacturing. Take the money you already spend in household shopping with household goods and switch it to an American company. It's a private association. Myself or somebody else will welcome you through. Now, some people have said, well, I don't really like this. Just give me a website and do it. There are ways to do that. If that's what you want, I'll send you the website. If you don't understand all the nuances, if you don't understand what this community is doing, you're going to lose out. You're going to miss out. So whenever you sign up, expect either myself or someone to contact you. Please don't be rude. They're people that work with me. They love Jesus. They want what's best for America. They also want to invite you to be part of the community, which is the whole point. PatriotSwitch.com slash Jaren. PatriotSwitch.com slash Jaren. We also have air roasted coffee at HumbleWB.coffee. Humble. 
WB.coffee. Delicious air roasted coffee. Organic. No additives. It's not drum roasted like East Palestine train wreck coffees where they burn it against hot metals and then load it up with a bunch of chemicals and garbage. This is the way that God designed it. Straight from the coffee tree. Air roasted on a cushion of air to get that perfect quality that you don't get in drum roasted. That's why drum roasted coffee is garbage and it tastes bad and it's bitter air roasted coffee it's completely great uh no additives no preservatives organic fair trade awesome portions of proceeds go to mail bibles throughout the nation because people need to know god's word there's other ways to help those uh links are in the description below if i've entertained if i've informed if i've edified equipped or otherwise inspired i would appreciate the support that's what i do this is my job please help me keep going thank you for the support and prayers please pray for mom she's in physical therapy lord willing she leaves this week she's dizzy we don't know why she gets dizzy we don't know why so there's that anyway appreciate your time lord willing uh we'll be back tomorrow until then i am jaron jackson i do love america do not quit go to war